Brant, how are you, my friend? Doing well, Dave. Good to see you again. Another week down, another podcast up. Yeah, crazy stat here. We are actually now over 2,000 followers. April Fools. No, we are we are not. We are nowhere near there, but we appreciate our 10 to 20 followers that have been uh legitimately sticking through sticking through everything like after football season stuff, which has just been cool to see. Like we have kind of just gone through it with uh heading into basketball season and some people kind of stick their neck out with football only, but we have uh, some loyal people that are, that are tuned in for the basketball stuff too, which has been awesome. But Brant, let's talk a little bit of basketball, like a little, little bit um, college hoops. We're down to the final four. And then let's also talk a little bit of Pistons, a little bit of NFL uh, lions. Let's just see where our head is at. I mean, it's April man. And, and the NFL draft is at the end of the month, which is, incredibly exciting and it seems like football never stops which is just awesome i i love this i love all the draft hype people make fun of all the mock drafts i eat it up like i look at every single one just to see what you know see what people are saying and knowing that mel kuyper and todd mcshay will for sure be wrong but still still an exciting time so brant final four we are down to what duke and north carolina Surprise, surprise. I mean, of course, this is going to happen in Coach K's final year. Um, right. It was and, destiny. And, and destiny. And then Villanova and Kansas. And I mean, I don't know about you, man, but I feel like three of those four teams, you know, the head coaches of those teams. And right. and I feel like that is just what, like all the, the hype around March Madness every year and like your Cinderella, your St. Peter's stories, right, are like super exciting. And then what it boils down to at the end of the day in most tourneys are these experienced coaches that just know how to get there and know how to get it done. And so you're looking at Coach K on his final year, right, on his way out. You're looking at Jay Wright. You're looking at Bill Self. And then uh, is this Roy Williams' first year being retired? Or is this yeah, the second yep. year? This okay. For Davis's first year. Got it. Got it. So, you know, he's kind of the anomaly. Um, but it's just kind of telling. So, Brant, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, we're down to the final four. You got Duke and North Carolina, Kansas Villanova. How do you see this thing shaking out? Um, I, I like Duke's chances. Um, I, I really think that they have the backcourt to get it done and the and the front court as well. I I really see them coming out of that side. And I think Justin Moore getting hurt from Nova is a big deal. Their second leading scorer. I think that's just going to be too much at the end of the day. And Kansas is going to come out of that side. And I like a Kansas Duke final, which would be really cool. I actually think they might have the two best rosters left um, out of everybody. North Carolina has a very good backcourt. Like they might, they might have the best backcourt left, but their front court isn't as good as Duke's. And um I really, I really think just Coach K's destiny dream ride is going to go into the finals. Uh, I don't know how they fare against Kansas. Um, maybe they, maybe they lose, but I could, I could definitely see a Duke Kansas final. Um, Dave, interesting stat. This is the first time, like since 1940, that two coaches with multiple titles will will be in the finals, um, and that's going to happen no matter what if Duke wins because Jay Wright and Bill Self have multiple titles. So it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out, but yeah, 
It'll be, but I mean, if you look at, like you said, you said Bill Self and Jay Wright and and Coach K, they're they're legends, they're Hall of Famers. Um, So it's just an awesome Final Four. And the other thing I wanted to say real quick, Dave, was you know who I'm glad's not in the Final Four: St. Peter's, Arkansas, Miami. I don't want those teams in the final four. I want the best basketball in the final four. I think it's awesome that those teams make a deep run, but I think it's even better when the best teams you get at the final four. Hmm. Got it. Yeah. I, I, I similarly, I, I would say I, I've got a Kansas Duke final, um, which basically means you can pencil in a Villanova, North Carolina final. And I just have this weird feeling that, I even felt even for the last podcast and I didn't say it cause I just don't, I didn't want to give Duke like the time of the day to be like, cause I don't think that this team is like, we've seen other Duke teams be, they just seem so beatable. We've seen them be beatable all year. And I'm not saying they're not good. They're a very, very, very talented team, um, but they're young. And I, I, I didn't have a ton of confidence, but I'm just seeing the writing on the wall. And to me, it just seems like, of course, this is going to be the final chapter in Coach K's story, and I wouldn't hate it. I mean, no, I don't hate it. You know, it, yeah, I, I, I can totally see him. I mean, Brant, the, the story is perfect, right? Like, Coach K gets in his final year, hit a final four matchup, and who does he play? North Carolina, who he just lost to, right? So he has a chance now to redeem himself against Carolina after they pack a home game to do the coach K farewell. And then they lose to North Carolina. It was like, Oh, this is going to be an awkward, like end of game type of ceremony. Well, now coach K gets to rewrite that story and has a chance to go win himself one final championship. And for, for some, I mean, I I would think that Kansas would be the, uh, would be the favorite in that matchup and same with Villanova potentially. I know losing more is a, is a huge piece to lose, but I, I really, I just feel like this has got Duke's year written all over it right now. Dave, you know what's crazy for North Carolina is they could have ended the season losing in the first round and been like, yeah, but we at least took Coach K's last home game from him and we had that in our back pocket. Now Coach K gets to rewrite, like you said, like finish them off and nobody will ever talk about how he lost his last game nope. at home. It will nope. all be about how he won his championship in the final year of his. So it's a lot on the line for Coach K personally. It's picture perfect, man. It is picture perfect. So, yeah, we've got to uh, watch how that unfolds this weekend. Uh, All right, Brant, sticking with the theme of basketball for a second. So I told you last night I had a chance to head downtown, watch the Pistons. Yeah, you're hearing the Pistons on episode 31. Uh, take on the 76ers and Kate Cunningham just continues. I mean, you know, I, I have been all over Cade and just, I, I really think that Detroit has a superstar and he is putting up numbers right now, historical numbers that put him only in the company of the likes of Michael Jordan, Oscar Robertson, Magic Johnson, LeBron James, and in the rookie seasons. The, with what he's dropping lately, uh, statistically, and I don't have it in front of me, but it's somewhere along the likes of like 22, seven and six, you know, in a certain period of time. And dude, I, I just feel like, I mean, first of all, Brant, 
I, I wanted them to lose like for draft lottery purposes, but I'll tell you what, man, being at the LCA last night, the coolest thing about being in that environment was in the fourth quarter, it was rocking in there. Like it, it, it was, it was awesome. I was actually like shocked. Like the whole game was just kind of like what you'd expect it to be. Like, you know, I'm talking and I'm out with the boys were talking pistons. Like everybody's just kind of like, everybody's into the game. Everybody's kind of wowed by Kate. He made some really good, really good plays on Tobias Harris, on Joel Embiid. I mean, he was just going in really fearlessly. He deed up James Harden all game long, just played incredibly well. Like that was exciting. But when it got down to the end of the game, like the last five or six minutes, Brant, from somebody who attended several Pistons playoff games and NBA finals games when we were in that territory, when, when they were at the Palace, I'm not comparing it to that, but I'm telling you, man, there's something special brewing with the Pistons right now. And the lower bowl, which is where we were sitting, was completely packed. Like it was, I know people moved down from the upper bowl, which was awesome, actually, but it was rocking in there. And man, I'm just incredibly excited about the Pistons' future. Yeah, Dave, of course you were in the lower bowl. You wouldn't sit with the peasants. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Exactly. Right. The peons. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you mentioned the electric atmosphere, Dave, and I think you hit on it when you said Harden, Embiid, uh, Harris, and I saw that Tyrese Maxey was playing. Like, this was a fully loaded Sixers team that the Pistons just handled. Um, I know they were down a little bit in the you know first half, and then they came back and, and ended up winning it at the end, but it wasn't – it didn't feel like it was luck or by chance, you know. Um, so – This team is on the cusp of something special. Dave, dare I say one to two players away from being a legit playoff team, maybe not a contender, but a legit playoff team that you're like, hey, we got to take these guys kind of serious as a seven, six. Well, yeah, and I tell you what, right now, I'm looking at the rest of their schedule and they've got some, they got to play the Sixers again at the end end of the year, their very last game. Um, But like, I'm looking at these teams, I think they play the Bucks again, like, Detroit is not a team that you want to play right now. Like they're feisty, they're annoying, they're like they they play hard. They're going to d you up. Killian Hayes plays incredible on the ball defense. Like holding the Sixers to ninety two points is impressive. Oh yeah. Um, yep. So it it was really impressive last night. And Dave, I I just shot you this question last night. You know who who would be your dream scenario to play along, Cade? And I know we'll have more time to do this, but as of right now, who do you feel like it is? Are you talking from a draft perspective? Yeah, just from a draft. Let's say we get a top three pick. I mean, top three pick for me is I, I, I would like to see the Pistons cut ties with Jeremy Grant. I like Jeremy Grant a lot. He is yeah. what a can very, you get for him though? Yeah, like, that's the main question right now. Well, I mean, what you're hearing, you'll get for him. And once again, you were hearing this at the trade deadline, and then nothing happened. But it sounds like the the Portland Trail Blazers are in hot pursuit of Jeremy Grant and willing to part with their Pelican at the very least their Pelicans first round pick, which you're looking in the roughly in the territory of let's just say seven to 12. Yeah. Okay, um, I did hear that. Yep. yep. And man, if you get that, I'll take that all day long because as much as I like Jeremy Grant, his contract expires next year. I do not want the Pistons to be the team that are forking over 
27 to 28 million dollars a year for the next four years for him he's just he's good but he doesn't fit the timeline of this rebuild and so i i would like to see assuming jeremy grant's out of town even if he's not i mean whatever i i love jabari smith um from from auburn he can shoot the ball he can stretch the floor he he would just help Kate out tremendously. Um, I, I love that pairing. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I, I do like Jabari Smith, but I'm, I'm partial to Jaden Ivey. And let me tell you why. I, I think Jaden Ivey coming off of playing for the, the Olympic level or whatever he was at before he joined Purdue there this, this last year, I think if he was on a better team, don't get me wrong, Purdue was a fine team, whatever, for college. But I'm talking about in the league, I think he fits so well with what you want to see from an NBA player, like at the position he'll be at. He's a slasher. He's a scorer. He can step out. He can hit the three. He's going to be a defensive. uh, I wouldn't call him a stopper, but he'll be a nice defensive piece. Like he has that side of the game as well. And Jabari, I don't know why, but when I watched him at college, I just was like, where's the effort? Where's the motor? Where is the, hey, we've got to win this game. Give me the ball. Let's go do this type of killer instinct. And, and, and maybe the frame is enough to have you sold, Dave, which I totally get it. it like 6'10", you shoot it. I totally get it. But as far as being like next to Cade and having that kind of grind mentality, I really feel like Jaden Ivey has that in spades. So if the Pistons are sitting at the number one overall pick, which we know it's a lottery, we know what their odds will be, even if they continue to win a couple of games, like even if they end up with the bottom four record in the league, they play the, they're playing the thunder right now. They absolutely need to lose this game, but, um, but let's just say somehow, some way they land the number one pick back to back years. You would want Jaden Ivy at number one. Is that correct? I think I would, I think I would, it's hard to just say, come out and say, yes, like, don't quote this in June, but as of today, I'm, I'm good with him being our selection. It's a, whatever. First pick them. I'm, I'm comfortable with, I like Jaden. You know, I love, I love Jaden Ivy, man. Right. Like I, I, I do. He's a freak I, athlete. He, he is, is the John Morant of this draft. He is, he is. And if he's a poor man's John Morant, that's a high ceiling. And, <laughs> right. And I, I would take that all day long. I just looking at what the Pistons have. I do wonder, like, what is the long term of the Killian Hayes, Kate Cunningham backcourt? Because as much hate as Killian Hayes gets, and right now he's a very serviceable six man. He is a great defender. He, I, I don't know what the Pistons are ready quite yet to throw in the towel on him and say. Yeah, but Dave, is there a home for him with Jaden Ivey? No, no, he, he, he will be a reserve player. Yeah. Let's just, no, I'm, I'm saying though, are you okay with him playing 15 to 20 minutes a game? Yeah, I, I, I am. I, I, I am. I just wonder about immediate need and immediate fit. I think we are really going to need to fill Jeremy Grant's shoes. Um, and I, I think that Jabari Smith does that. I'm also very intrigued by Chet. I know that his frame worries people. Um, I know. I'm good. I, I I'm, think. I'm all set. I, I know you're not a big Chet guy. I think his defensive instincts, his timing on things, I think that translates to the league. I think he's a shooter. That translates to the league. Sure, he's going to get bodied. Chet's going to be on some posters, and people can't wait to see it happen. But 
Chet is a he's an interesting player, and he's going to be an a offensive good player. unicorn. He is. What he is. He's an offensive unicorn. He he is, and I I think that if the Pistons, I don't want them taking him number one overall, but if they are at the number two, number three slot, I would take Chet. I I would just because I think that he is a good player. I don't think he's going to be the center focus of a team necessarily, but you pair a guy like Chet with a guy like Kate Cunningham, man, it's going to be dangerous. And, and, and you're seeing it right now with the way Cade has elevated Marvin Bagley's career since coming to Detroit. He just, Cade is the type of player that makes everybody around him better. And I think that Chet would benefit greatly from having a guy like Cade and, and just knowing the young nucleus of this team, I just, I, I, I could see it working. Um, and, and the other, go ahead, Brant. Okay. So I, I just want to get this. I just want to get this clear is you're saying you would rather fill that power forward position than you would rather do almost anything else is correct. You feel like we've got to fill the four and then we take over fill the four before you take best player overall. I, I do. And, and with, with saying that, I, I think that um, – and that's hard to say because you say best player overall. Which, like, I, I, I tend to lean to her, like, take the best player overall. But to me, that's not clear cut, whether that's Jaden Ivey or Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith. Like, I, to me, Jabari Smith is the best player available. Like, we can have different opinion on that. But I don't – to me, Jaden Ivey and Chet Holmgren, it is – somewhat of a toss-up of fit at that point. I don't know that I look at those two guys on paper and say, Jaden Ivey is going to be a two times better player than Chet Holmgren will be in the league. I don't know, but I look at the needs of the roster and I'm like, yeah, give, you know, give me Chet. But by all means, if we end up settling for or falling into Jaden Ivey, I will be ecstatic. I love Jaden Ivey. Um, I'm also growing into Paulo Bancaro. And yeah. I, you know, I, He's not in the same category as those three for me, but man, he his team's in the final four. Um, he's played very well here down the stretch, and he's a shooter too. He can he shoot is, too. he is, and so I, I'm intrigued by him. And another guy that I have a question mark on, Brand. Then we can move on from this. Is uh, Shaden Sharp? Are are you up on you? Are you up on him? I know he's a uh, what is he a shooting guard? I think he is. Uh, yeah, is he a G leaguer? At Kentucky, he never oh, played. Yeah, he never played. Okay, yeah, that's why I was like, I, I don't think I've seen him. Yeah, but I have seen him in the top ten of every single mock that I've seen. So I do know who he is. I just don't know much about him. I I, I don't either because I haven't seen him play besides watching his high school film. He was the, sure. like the number one guy coming out of that class, and um, I, I mean not Chet. Um, Chet, I believe was the number one guy, but right. um, yeah, he he was right there at the top and. He's like a, a Jaden Ivey athletic type of a dude that can shoot, that can score the ball. I'm intrigued by him too. Um, at this point, I'm crossing my fingers the Pistons get a top five pick because I do think that we're a, a player or two away in a couple of years. I think next year, Brant, we're playing for the play-in game. Like for yes, sure. Kate go. is too good. He's too good, go. man. Yeah, like we're going to be playing for the playoffs and we are going to be getting tickets down at LCA to watch the Pistons play in, in that series. And it's going to be awesome, dude. I'm telling you. I, I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm also ready to see what happens with the Blazers because I, I, I do think there's real interest for Jeremy Granter. And if you can get the top three pick 
and then you can get that seven through 12, like you mentioned, Dave. I, I think you can get a big two where he comes in and solidifies that. I know that you're going to be able to grab Dave. You know, I'm crazy about Oscar Shibway. I love oh, yeah. I oh, love yeah. His. I mean, they did lose to St. Peter's, but he posted 30 and 16 on St. Peter's. I mean, he averaged 22 and 15 in the SCC. The dude's going to be a stud in the league. So I'm okay with you drafting him there. I don't think Isaiah Stewart's your answer at center forever. Nope. I don't think he has enough offensive skill, but he is a defensive enforcer. He can come in and grab boards. He can be a very good big man in this league, but I don't think he's a starter in this league. Nope. Nope. I, I completely agree with that, man. And I'm also intrigued by even like Jalen Duran out of, out of Memphis. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. In, in that range. Example. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm interested. So yeah, we, we will definitely talk more. I mean, I believe the NBA draft lottery is on May 17th. And so we will know more then just to see where the Pistons fall, but yeah, we got to man, buckle up and enjoy these next few games with the Pistons. There, there's something I'm special. Excited, man. It's there. exciting for this. Like I haven't been excited in a long time for Pistons basketball, but I am here and I am pumped. Yeah, man, when you're when your number one overall pick is like averaging twenty five a game and seven and six, like over the last ten games, like yeah, yeah, we, fi- yeah, we, we finally, finally we're pick. here, man. We've arrived, which is exciting. So, Brant, sticking with the Detroit theme and just like teams that are arriving, quote unquote, or are like ready to kind of take that next step. The Lions, oh, I know people will laugh and chuckle. It's like, oh, here we go. Here comes the Lions. No, like the Lions. I think you and I both have, you know, over the last few months been, we're cheering for the Lions. We like Dan Campbell. We we like the direction that they're going. We trust in Brad Holmes. Brant, Lions sit at number two overall. Now it's not just a matter of, like, talking about a bunch of prospects. Now we are a few weeks out from the NFL draft, which, by the way, in 2024 will be hosted in Detroit. Can't wait to attend that with you. Um Brant, what are the Lions going to do at number two? Mo- most of the the mock drafts that I have seen at this point are mocking Aiden Hutchinson gone as the number one pick, especially seeing what the Jags did with Cam Robinson and bring and tagging him. Um, I'm I'm not entirely sold that he's gone at that point, but for for playing the game here, Aiden Hutchinson's off the board. What do you see the Lions doing? What do you see the Lions doing? That's the first question. And the second thing is, at this point today, April 1st, what do you want the Lions to do with that pick? Dave, two different questions there. If I'm The first thing I'm doing is selling the stock. I'm selling the stock at two. I'm trying to get out of that position. And that is what I get the feeling that most Detroit Lions fans want to do. And that's okay. You should want to do that. I think you got to find somebody to trade up with you, though. That's the thing. You, it sounds you need great. A dance partner. You need a dance partner. We just talked about the Blazers and the Pistons doing that deal. You know, someone's got to get in bed with you, man. And I really don't know if if somebody mentioned Seattle. Like, okay, Seattle might want to move up to get a quarterback. Okay, then why are you not out there selling everybody on you love Malik Willis? You love Kenny Pickett. You love whoever you love. Go out there and start selling that. Propaganda, man. Get behind it. Tell anybody who will listen. We love Malik Willis, though. Like, nah, it's, it's, it's not about anybody else for us. We love Malik. Just saying, you know, take that for what it's worth. Okay. I don't hear, do you hear anything like that coming out of the Lions beat writers, anything coming out of the Ford, like nothing no. from anybody about this. So, nope. all right. That seems like that plan's already shot. Dave, what do I want them to do? 
I'm just going to say it. April 1st, 2022, man. Go get you Malik Willis. Just go do it. Go get you your future franchise quarterback. Because, Dave, you're right now, you're spinning your wheels. And I get that the defense needs work. But what I saw last year was an offensive line that are road graders. Okay? This, Dave, can uh, let me ask you. I'm going to go question by question here, Dave. Can this offensive line be a top 10 offensive line in this league? They already are. Okay. They already are. Okay. Uh, can this receiving core be good enough to be top 20? Yes. Especially okay. now with them signing DJ Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown and having TJ Hawkinson there. You got good pieces. Okay. So behind that offensive line, does that believe, does that lead you to believe that you could have a serviceable run game? Absolutely. And you've got DeAndre Swift in a not so shabby uh, RB2 in Jamal Williams. Can Jared Goff be a top 15 quarterback? No. Dave, and I think you answered those truthfully. You didn't do this for the podcast. No. I wanted you to answer those truthfully. And if the if your answer is no, I didn't even ask you, can Jared, Jared Goff go be top 10? Like, I don't need you to be spectacular. I need you to be okay. Top 15, top half. And I don't think he can be either, Dave. So I think that's where it boils down. So why do you not want to bring this guy to your camp and see what the man has? I mean, he runs a 4-3. He can throw it a mile. You know he's got the gunslinger arm. Man, could you imagine bringing in a guy that would ignite this team? I know the defense is steps away. I get that. But why can't you outscore the Vikings? Why can't you outscore the Bears? Why can't you outscore the Packers? You know, they lost to Darius Smith. Now is the time to jump on this division. They lost Devontae Adams. Let them go be let them go be average or above average, and you go try to be average, is what I'm saying. With Jared Goff, I think you can get to four to five wins. Sure. That's gonna be just good enough to lose out on CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Are you with me? Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree with that. That's probably my biggest concern is that. I don't want them to take Malik Willis at number two, and I'll tell you why. I, I, I like Malik Willis, okay? I'm gonna come, I'll come back to him in a second. I do have real concerns about the weak quarterback class this year and the Lions. I think the Lions need to stink it up for one more year and get you a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young. And the, and the reality is is that I think Dan Campbell and, and – Aaron Glenn and th- this coaching crew, man, I just don't see them being as bad as they were this year. I think they're on the upward trajectory, which sure, as a fan, you want to see, but you need your future quarterback, which brings me to my point of Malik Willis at number two. I, this, it, you cannot miss on this pick. You can't. And would I love Malik Willis to be the next Michael Vick? Would do honestly when I look at him, like it's not even Lamar esque, it's Michael Vick esque. And I, I look at the intangibles, the he looks like Mike Vick to me. Like it seems great, but he played at Liberty and he's an Auburn transfer. And I don't know enough. This is just me sitting in my garage thinking here and everything that I've seen and watch a lot of college football. I don't know enough about Malik Willis to spend the number two overall pick on him when just a couple of years ago, 
I spent the number three overall pick on Jeff Okuda. Now, I get that wasn't Brad Holmes' pick, to be fair. That was Bob Quinn and Quinn Tricia, right? But they missed on that pick. Jeff Okuda may be fine in the league, but he's not Jalen Ramsey, and he's not going to be what you should get. If you're going to take a cornerback at number three overall, he's not going to be that guy. He's just not. He's already not lived up to that, Um, and he's not going to. Uh, you hope he's going to be good and he comes back from this torn Achilles, but he's just not. You can't, Brant. You cannot. You better be sure that Malik Willis is the guy. Like, not a question, not a he could be good. He's got untapped potential. We think he'll be good. There needs to be guys smarter than you and I that watch his pro day, that have studied his film, that have interviewed the heck out of him, to sit down and say Malik Willis is our guy and we're confident he's a quarterback of the future. Cause if you're not confident, do not spend that number two overall pick on him. If they spend it on him, Brant, if they, if they call the lions and they draft Malik Willis, I'll be happy because I know, I hope Brant, I'm putting my trust and my faith in them that those guys were a lot smarter than you and I did their homework and so, and I get it, the Lions, they don't ever make the right decisions, blah, 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 like whatever. Different regime. Shut up, Lion fan. Like, I don't want to hear that. Because they, they will use the, that. Yeah. They did their homework enough to say Malik Willis is the guy. And I will sleep at night thinking, that's great, man. I cannot wait to watch, like, Malik Willis be, have a year like Trey Lance just had and sat under, you know, Jimmy G. And is going to have his shot next year. Like, Malik Willis can – play under Jared Goff for a year great like that's if they go that route I will not be like are you kidding me like some Lions fans are going to lose their minds if they draft Malik Willis I will not because I will have faith in the regime to say they are not who we have seen and I'm giving them a fair chance and looking at last year's draft Brad Holmes seems to know what he's doing and they seem to be building this thing the right way now what would I like to see what do I think I'll see? I see them taking a Trayvon Walker. I, I, I do. I, 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 can, I don't see them taking Thibodeau. That one seems to be fading. Um, I don't see them taking Cal Hamilton, a safety at number two. But I, I think that's where they'll go. And does your team – now, Brant, you, you draft Trayvon Walker. Does your team immediately get better on defense? I think so. I, I, I think they do. Yeah, no, I, I think they do. I, I, I think Trayvon Walker does. I, I'm not saying he's some, like, elite guy that is going to totally transform. I don't think defense. he's an elite pass rusher. No. Like, he can drop into coverage and do some nice things, but I, I don't think he's uh, come in and be Micah Parsons. But I, 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 I agree. But does he make your team better? The short answer is yes. And the question, once again, is does Malik Willis make your team better? The question is we don't know. We don't. Will he ever see the field? Will he ever develop? Is he, I mean, Jordan Love has been sitting behind Aaron Rodgers now for eternity. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they they have to hit on this pick. And I'm comfortable if they take Malik Willis, but man, they better be, they they, they better know. And, and, and I will put my faith in them. I will. I'm not going to question it. I'll be, trust me, I, honestly, Brant, who do I want to see them take? Malik Willis. You want to know why? Because I have faith in this regime that they did their homework and are like, that's our guy. And when I look at him on tape, I see Michael Vick and I'm like, 
dude, absolutely bring me that guy in his character, all of those things, bring him in. Um, but you know what? I, I don't know. I'm not sure what they're going to do right now. April 1st, no clue drafts a few weeks out. I hate two things about the non don't draft Malik Willis camp. The two things that I hate the most are people that say, yeah, Jared Goff's good enough. Jared Goff is good enough to win you five, six games and have you miss out on the next draft of quarterbacks. So don't tell me that he's your future. A guy even went as far to tell me that he would re-sign Jared Goff. Dave, he would give him an extension. For how much? He said, well, he'd have to take, he would have to take like a team-friendly contract probably, but I, I would give him another deal. Like a, like hiking the federal minimum wage, like $15 an hour. <laughs> I mean, what are we talking about here? Get, Jared Goff. Are you Hold on. Me? Let, me t- let me give you his reasoning. He had said, he said he'd bring some statistics to this argument. So he said, I, I, once Dan Campbell took over the play calling, Jared Goff was sixth in QBR right behind Matt Stafford and right in front of Patrick Mahomes for five games that Dan Campbell called games for Jared Goff. QBR? Is that the stat we're using? <laughs> Brant. I, I cannot make this stuff up. So he, he brings this he brings this argument, right? He said, oh, yeah, and he has to fix the fumbling problems, which is never going to be fixed because unless you get plastic surgery for those tiny hands. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on. So, Jared Goff is not the answer at quarterback and any right. Lions fan who is sitting in that camp of just give him a chance. Sec- second, second part of the argument is, okay, first one was, okay, Jared Goff is good enough, whatever. Second, second camp or second argument of the camp is, yeah, but we can draft someone like the Cowboys did, Brant with Dak Prescott in the fourth round. No, you can't. That's not happening, okay? If you're a Detroit Lions fan and you're listening to this, you're not getting Dak Prescott in the fourth round. You're not getting Russell Wilson in the third. Stop pretending like this stuff happens every single year. It doesn't. These guys don't exist. I'm sorry, Dave, that I have to get real loud about this, but I hate when people make this argument about, yeah, man, we can just grab like a quarterback in the fifth and that's our guy. No, it's not your guy. You know who David Blau is, Dave? Yeah, right, exactly. That's your guy. Jeez. What? I don't don't understand it. Here's the bottom line, Lions fan. I'm going to make a – here's an announcement for you. This league today is a quarterback-heavy league. Yeah, if I hear the argument one more time – that Jared Goff made it to a Super Bowl. I don't want to hear it. I don't. Do you want to know who didn't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl? Jared Goff. And I don't want to hear one more time that Jared Goff is, quote-unquote, good enough to get you there. Lions fans, you haven't been there. You don't know what it takes to get you there. This is a quarterback league right now. And you need a quarterback that's, I'm not, he doesn't need to be top five. He needs to be top 10. He does. Maybe top, if you, top 15 to get you to the promised land and in line fan, define promised land. Because if you are just trying to win a playoff game, sure, I'm on board with you. Jared Goff might get you there. 
You want to win a Super Bowl? Different story. So the promised land is the same as ours. Let's just get to an NFC championship game. They will be just as happy as we would be to get to an NFC championship game. Us as Cowboys fans, we're no better. We know that. But listen, we we as Cowboys fans at least have an owner that's going to come out and try to swing for the fences. As much as Jerry sticks his foot in his mouth, we know that. Believe me, you don't have to write Dave and I. You don't have to text us and say, hey, Jerry sucks. We know. We call them out. Dave and I do not like Jerry Jones. No, 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 we do not. He's got kids but, he won't claim. But listen, Lions fans have been abused for so long that they're not allowed to have nice things. So listen, when it comes to Malik Willis, the only reason they don't believe is because of the history that they've had with everything. And this is the other thing, Dave. Kyle Shanahan has Trey Lance on his roster because he moved up and hand-selected him. Do you trust Kyle Shanahan, Dave? I do. I, I absolutely do. Exactly. The reason that the, the Lions fans do not trust in this is because they haven't seen it before. Maybe now you have Brad Holmes, who's the guy that's going to swing for the fence and grab Malik Willis and change everyone's mind and expectations. And I hope it happens. And I'm root- listen, Lions fans, I'm rooting for you. I want to see you win. I don't want to see you take a safety at two. Can't have it. I don't want it. Don't bring that to the table. I don't want it, Dave. And I, I agree. You can't draft, the problem is you can't draft an offensive lineman here. You can't do it. You've got too many already. You've got great ones. So, and that's where the number two pick should go, is right to an offensive lineman, but it won't, and Hutch will be gone. I, I do, I'm with you on that. I think the Jags are fully in on Aiden Hutchinson. But if they're not, sure, take Hutchinson. And then this is a, no, a non-argument, but yeah. I think the Jags are all in on Hutch. But you think if, if the Jags don't take Hutch, you want the Lions taking Hutch over Malik Willis at two? I'm, I'm fine with that, actually. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think you take the, the – Dave, the problem for me with Thibodeau is that I hadn't I hadn't heard an interview where he said why he didn't want to go to Alabama. It's a football factory. I don't want to – I don't want football all the time in my life, which is fine. Like, that is fine. But I'm not taking that guy at two. I need a guy who loves football at two. You know, so uh, you didn't want to play for saving. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I I agree. I'm I'm definitely not on the uh, the Thibodeau train. The more I the more I read, the more I hear. I I'm I'm off that. So yeah, it it will be interesting. We are going to hit the draft train like hard here in the next few weeks, especially college basketball wraps up, the NBA season wraps up. What's exciting is because we will go into a break this spring a little bit from the podcast. Um, and, but we, we've got like drafts to cover right now. Like we've got the NFL draft coming up. You've got the Pistons who will fall into the lottery here shortly. Um, and then Brant, last but not least, I'm taking my kids to the Michigan spring football game tomorrow, not to see JJ McCarthy, unfortunately, but, uh, <laughs> It, you know, we're excited about that too. And uh, we'll continue to, the, the beautiful thing about football is it never ends, um, especially in the, in the NFL. So. Uh, is that the first time your kids will be at the big house? This will be Grace's second time. Grace, Grace went to the spring game a couple years ago uh, when Luke was, well, Kate was pregnant with Luke. And so now we'll, we'll take them both. And honestly, for anybody who like, 
doesn't have kids, like I wouldn't recommend going to the spring football game. It's just a practice that's like really, really boring and you're not, it's really not worth it. But for anybody who has kids that you want them to have this experience, it's awesome because first of all, it's free. And second of all, you get in there and you just walk right on down to the field. You may be five to 10 rows off the field, get to watch all these guys up close. You might hang out for an hour or so and then take the kids on home, but they get to experience it. I mean, as much as I love the big house, it is packed full shoulder to shoulder. There is no breathing room and it's a hard place to bring little kids, but the spring football game is perfect. And I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, man, it's a, It'll be a good time. I'll let you know how it uh, how it goes. All right, Dave. Before we get out of here, can I give you a uh, can, I, can I bring back the lock of the week just one time? What? <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> Dave. Uh, looking at the final four games this weekend, um, I love North Carolina. I saw it at plus four and a half, so I nabbed it early. I think it moved to plus four. But if you if you like four four and a half, whatever your flavor is. What do you think about that, Dave? You like them to cover that? I think it's going to be a very, very close game. So I would take it. I do. I think that. I think if Duke wins, it could be by a bucket. So I, I, I like that. Cool. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Episode thirty-one. We are out. I will see you next time. All right. See you.